June's Journey is a fascinating hidden object mystery gaming app where you'll play as June Parker, tasked with a daunting obligation, solve your sister's murder. Set in the 1920s, the era of glitz and glam, this family mystery is one for the ages. Everyone's a suspect until your investigation determines otherwise. The clues are all around you, hidden within tricky twists and turns. You'll collect detailed information about each character in your photo album where you'll comb over every detail. You can even join a detective's club to chat and play with others or against them in the detective's league. With hundreds of puzzles to solve, you should probably get started today. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sound the gifting panic alarm. We've all been there. You need to find the perfect gift. You have absolutely zero ideas and you don't know where to start. Relax. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. Just answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like, and Gift Mode gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Imagine pages of artisan espresso mugs for the coffee connoisseur in your life. Or for the pickleballer, customized paddle covers in every shade imaginable. Etsy's got you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. There are nearly 20 million military vets in the U.S. And each week, we focus on their stories. This is CBS Eye on Veterans. Welcome back to CBS Eye on Veterans. I'm Navy vet Phil Briggs. And this week, well, we're having a series of conversations about getting incredible jobs for vets. The University of Maryland Global Campus Military and Veteran Entrepreneur and Appreciation Fair is on April 28th. Now, if you're in the D.C. area, it's in the College Park Marriott and Conference Center. But we've got an advanced look at several of the companies that will be there ready to recruit veteran talent. Now, if you've ever wanted a fat job in high tech, but felt your lack of computer science degree was the thing that was holding you back, well, then this episode is for you. Jim Chitwood is the Director of Workforce Partnerships with Revature. And uh, Revature, well, they're looking for the next generation of software engineers, and you can find no better candidates than in the veteran community. So, Jim, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Glad to chat with y'all. Um, glad to have an opportunity to connect with vets. Yeah, right on. And uh, it, it's it's probably my favorite topic. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love interviewing, you know, veterans with great stories and the great war stories. I love. But when it comes to the actual brass tacks, what I think this show is, does and can be for vets, it is anytime I can find an inroad to a job and 
the jobs we're talking today here with Revature, um, you know, these aren't J-O-Bs. This isn't something you just go and get once coming out the military and it'll hold you over till the next thing. These right. are lifelong careers. And it's interesting, the more that I've talked to veterans of the GWAT era, how uniquely qualified we are. But first, let's start with what Revature is and what you guys do. Yeah, absolutely. So we are a really unique uh, technology company in the sense that we train people to be software developers. They can come to us with any background or what's called a higher train deploy model where we hire them into W-2 roles, full benefits, medical, dental, vision, 401k, all of that. And then we pay them during our training to become software developers. Then we deploy them to our clients, which are Fortune 500-like firms. I say like because, um, you know, we've got large system integrators, we've got governments that are our clients. And so they're not all, right, they're not all Fortune 500 companies, but they have to be really large because when we train, we train large groups of people in cohorts to go work for our clients. So, um, you know, it has to operate at scale, which is, you know, great for for veterans because obviously uh, they're getting out of the military (laughs) at scale every day. I say I'm impressed with it because... I hear about a lot of different job opportunities, a lot of organizations that help veterans find jobs. You know, they bring them in, they'll maybe uh, expose them to a mass database of job postings. And yep. that's that's a great way to do it. That's a great way to find an open door. But you're saying with Revature, you can come in with really a variety of backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And if you've got the aptitude and you enjoy the software engineering, the coding, the things of that nature, you guys will train up a person without this in their background and yeah. get them ready to accept and deploy in one of the companies, one of the partner companies you work with. Tell me how that works. If I'm like an admin guy, say even my own background, I was a journalist in the military mm-hmm. or a yeoman or, uh, you know, some or infantry. Kind of- I was infantry. Right. I mean, I would say, what did I learn in the military? I learned discipline. I learned teamwork. I learned how to take orders. And I'm good at setting up a perimeter defense. That's not really useful, all of it, in the civilian world, right? And and I was a mortar. Dive into more of your background real quick. I think I skipped yeah. a step there. Go ahead and yeah, dive no into worries, your military no background. Um, I'm the kid who in high school had no direction, right? I was that kid who was a latchkey kid spending way too much time doing all the wrong things. Um, and luckily, I was smart <laughs> enough to recognize I had no future if I didn't do something drastic, right? Because as a senior in high school, I was hanging out with people who were in their 20s in their 30s, right? And and it, I, it became clear to me that if I didn't shift course, I was going to be those guys. Um, so I joined uh, I joined the Army, and it was a life-changing event for me. I did it so that I could get college fund money. Um, I did it so that I could learn some discipline. I needed it. Um, and I did it so I could see the world. And when I got out, my plan was to go to college. I knew it wasn't a career for me um, as an infantry soldier. Uh, I just, you know, I knew that this was a path. Right. It was going to give me what I needed. and It was going to be that path. So I got out and I went to college. I have an associate's, a bachelor's, a master's, a doctor. Right. So I went all those. I went through all those paths. But I would have to say that the whole time I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I wasn't pursuing a career. Right. It was just go get a degree and the workforce will help you figure it out. Right. And then go get another degree and another degree, which is what I see a lot of people, especially in like major metros, like where I live, D.C. Some people can stay in school for 10 years, and it almost seems as though they're kind of waiting for the storm clouds to blow over until they figure out where to plug in all this big brain of theirs. When in reality, you know, that's 
that's an expensive trajectory. Big time. Not only is it it expensive, but it isn't predictable, right? You can't foresee where that's going to be, right? There's not a clear path. You don't have a clear battle line there, right? You're, uh, you're just, you're just running around in the forest, hoping there's a way out. Um, And, and so, you know, our model is akin to the old apprenticeship model, right? Like back in the day, you know, we go back 50 years and it was get a degree and the companies will teach you what you need to know, right? Well, it's no longer the case now. Companies need people to hit the ground running, right? They can't afford to develop employees. So I call it an apprenticeship-like model because back then it was, if you had the aptitude, they would teach you the job, right? And that's exactly what we do. We assess everybody. So anybody coming out of the military, regardless of their background, uh, when they come out and they come to us, we assess them and we assess their skill set. So if they are rock and roll and ready to go, we'll put them directly in our training. If they've never seen a line of code and don't have any concept of how it works, then we've got a training to get them up to speed to put them into our more hardcore training, right? So we have done this um, in this model to develop talent because what we know, what we realized 15 years ago and what the world is realizing is that there's more demand for software developers then there are people graduating from school with degrees in software development, software engineering. Um, and so what we have to do is we have to broaden the pool of people who believe that they can be successful, right? The people who, who are like, yeah, that sounds like the way to go. Um, so we just have to get more people, you know, 70% of the people we've hired over the past, about 70% of the people we've hired over the past 10 years have not been computer science majors. They've been everything. And we've got a great story of a teacher. I know, I know actually two great stories of teachers. And, you know, I would say teachers, cops, and nurses have the hardest road. I mean, that's a hard, hard road and, you know, more power to them uh, for what they do. You know, so we'll get people who make a career change because what they've decided is that path, while it sounded neat at first, isn't a long-term path for success. You know, back in the 1920s, if you had a manufacturing job, you had a job and you were set for life, right? You were making good, solid income. You were in a you were in a great area and you just went in, you did your job and you knew that that job was going to take you. I see software development in the, in the, it is the manufacturing job of the current and the future era because every company is a technology company now. They've got other services, but they are a technology company. And if they're not, they're not going to survive. And so the, the, you know, the software developing role might not be the most, most glamorous for some people, but it is very well paid now. And it is a future proof career, right? We're talking, you know, six figure salaries, foolproof career. Everybody needs a software developer because there's more demand than there is supply. So what I love about what I do at Reviture and what we all do is that it's that super cool win-win where good business produces good results, where everybody's lives are improved. Amazing. I know I've said that twice so far, but that is really cool that uh, you guys are able to do that. Um, Okay. So we've covered the fact that any rate, any MOS, any background can be looked at screened and with, you know, the aptitude and with maybe, you know, the kind of discipline there, there are tracks, whether you've seen coding before or you already involved in it with you know you maybe even work in cyber command or something mm-hmm. um i know especially interesting because even a grunt like you could have done yeah. this uh, yeah. you know if an 11 bravo can do it amen brother that is right. awesome true that um share with me a couple examples or you know a few that come to mind when you think about how corporations use software engineers what the actual jobs do 
Well, we are using software right now as we're talking, right? Those headphones on your ears have microphones. Somebody wrote a code that made that work, right? And to me, software developers are people who like problem solving, right? They enjoy producing an output that is successful, right? When you write a line of code, in the end is a tangible application, right? It is a thing that works or it doesn't. And sometimes it works really well and then a bunch of other people use it and it breaks, right? Or it works really well and something happens and it breaks, it needs to be fixed, right? And so that's what the software developers do. They're the ones that initially write the code that produces the product that, that, that we use and take, take for granted, right? And then they're the ones who solve the problems when issues arise, right? They're those, they're those people who are ready to problem solve. So, for instance, I, I was working with a uh, I was working with a gal the other day, and we had to establish a whole list of interviews to do. And I needed bios on each and every person. And I said, "Hey, how can I get all of the people that are signing up to be interviewed to submit their bio? How do I get it without starting email threads between thirty different people and 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 kind of losing my mind through the admin right. thing?" And she yeah. shot me back like a link. And it was to a form that was all pre-filled. They had all the yep. spaces for everything yep. I need. And now every time somebody fills that form out, I get a PDF. Yep. Is that an example of a corporation using software engineering because that little link she sent me had to be made by somebody? Yes. It's that location that's really the developer, right? A software developer wrote the code that produced that form. Now, there's lots of companies that have different forms. They're not all equal. Right. And those are the things that differentiate organizations is a the quality of the developers, b their critical thinking and ability to to think quickly. Right. When issues arise, that's when the truest skill comes out. So a developer wrote that and then they wrote it based upon the qualifications of the organization that were given to them. So what are the parameters? What do they want to see? What are the enhancements? Um, and, and so that's where that developer does. Right. And, and um, every app you can think of. Right. All of that cool stuff that we take for granted. That's all written by developers. Right. Everything we touch on our phone, every one of those a developer wrote. Now, there's different types of apps. Some of them are kind of like plug and play where they I kind of describe them as Legos, right, where they take blocks of code and they stick them together. That's one way. Somebody still wrote the code that got shoved together. Right. So you've got different levels of software developers. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, lastly, want to talk about the nature of uh, the workforce today and a vulnerability that scares the hell out of me that I think software developers are going to have to solve. But cybersecurity, mm -hmm. uh, that can only be a growing category. And talk to me about the implications for employment in that job sector. Yeah, absolutely. So lots of people are, 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 um, I mean, cybersecurity is a buzzword, right? It's everywhere. Everybody knows it, right? Who's hacking who? I was just reading an article last night about China and, and America got their little cyber war going every second of the day and none of us see it, right? Because there's a team of dedicated people who are really, really smart and they're interacting in the cyber world, right? So cybersecurity is cool, super awesome, very necessary. If somebody is both cybersecurity and software development background, they are a far better asset for any organization because they know how to take, they know how to create the code, right? So there's using code that's written, again, back to that block of code concept, right? They're using code that's written to identify, capture, and destroy target. Then there's the people who wrote the code that did that. 
right? So when you have somebody that does both, that is a far better asset. Using weapons is one thing. Understanding how to manufacture them on the fly, that's a whole different skill set. And that's what a software developer who's also a cybersecurity professional is able to do. And your true enlisted colors are showing. I love it, man. (laughs) I love it. Once a grunt, always a grunt. Good stuff. Well, it sounds like a, you know, a great way for people to go from warrior to cyber warrior. And I know that when you say software engineering, you're right. Um, it's more than just a buzzword. It's a labyrinth of jobs out there, a labyrinth of companies and the behind the scenes business to business connections are the ones that are, that, that, that are hiring for this. And you are a doorway and a pathway, not only to finding those jobs but finding the training. Um, let's wrap with, tell me more about Reviture. Where do I find you guys? How do I spell you guys? And where do I find you if I want to recommend somebody take your path? So Reviture is spelled R-E-V-A-T-U-R-E.com, right? So Reviture.com. Um, you can direct people uh, to several places. Uh, one of them would be uh, Reviture.com slash workforce. You know, the main thing I want to leave with people is an understanding that don't let the concept of software engineering intimidate you. Think of this. Do you want a future-proof career? Do you want to tell computers what to do versus them telling you what to do, right? Do you want to, that, that type of job that just truly differentiates yourself? That's in software. That's in technology. We like to say we want to be per- people's first great job. We don't want to be their last. What we want to do is give them an opportunity with a Fortune 500 company that is going to set them up for success the rest of their life. So that's what we want to do, right, is really be that rocket, be that springboard, uh, be that troop transport that gets them where they need to go. Do you want to tell computers what to do or do you want computers to tell you what to do? I don't think I've I don't think I've ever heard it said any better. Jim Chitwood with Reviture, really appreciate your time, man, and uh, thank you, man. Thank you for opening the doors for our fellow vets. Amen, brother. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Phil. Always on the go. Now you can take CBS Mornings with you. Wake up to your daily dose of news and interviews with today's leading figures in politics, business, and entertainment in the CBS Mornings On The Go podcast. It's available every weekday wherever you get your podcasts. For more than two centuries, the White House has been the stage for some of the most dramatic scenes in American history. Inspired by the hit podcast American History Tellers, Wondery and William Morrow present the new book, The Hidden History of the White House. Each chapter will bring you inside the fierce power struggles, the world-altering decisions, and shocking scandals that have shaped our nation. You'll be there when the very foundations of the White House are laid in 1792, and you'll watch as the British burn it down in 1814. Then you'll hear the intimate conversations between FDR and Winston Churchill as they make plans to defeat Nazi forces in 1941. And you'll be in the Situation Room when President Barack Obama approves the raid to bring down the most infamous terrorist in American history. Order The Hidden History of the White House now in hardcover or digital edition, wherever you get your books. The Hargan women seem to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, The Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings early and ad-free on the 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts.